You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. This program may contain adult themes and nudity, and you can never go wrong with that. Speaking of always being right, views expressed on this program are those of life-experienced mechanics. Continued listening may cause addiction, and in rare cases, a rash. Discretion is advised. A mechanic tries to fix your car. No matter if you're near or far. He'll change your oil or fix your flat. And he'll do it just like that. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, hit it! Hey, we're back, everybody's back, and the weather is not that cooperative today, but it's... Any day you wake up is a great day. That's How does your policy. seat feel now that you got it back? I, you know, I relinquished it. <laughs> you I, did a great I, I had job. it for two weeks. I heard you did a fantastic job. Because Thank you very much. You actually played in San Francisco. <laughs> I left my heart there. I left my. I left more than that. <laughs> <laughs> your wallet. I got to tell you, breakfast at a hundred bucks a shot. That's expensive. Wow. I gotta tell you. Fancy place. Big and, shot you are. Yeah, I was staying in a nice hotel called St. Francis, uh-huh. uh, over 125 years old. Right. It just was just a nice trip. It was good stuff. The one thing I found about those old historic hotels is, first of all, there's no elevator because the place yeah. is 100 years old. <laughs> so God help you if you're on the third or fourth floor. Carrying luggage. No air conditioner, <laughs> no elevator. Oh, no, no. Oh, look- and the rooms are tiny. Excuse me. That's called a green hotel. Green. And I said, what's the green hotel? No air conditioning. That's the color you turn as you get to the top floor. With <laughs> well, your let's, air... let me cut you off. Go ahead. We only a few seconds. I want to introduce today, we have Freddie DeFrancesco with us. He's been insurance industry consultant for 40 years. So if you don't know it, we'll find out. He even teaches it too, eh? <laughs> right. And uh, today's topic actually is flood cars. There was an article in the wheel section this morning to avoid flood-damaged vehicles. Uh, Hurricanes Anita and Harvey passed through the U.S. Millions and millions of cars are going to be involved, and we're going to talk about that. And when we come back after break, we're going to be talking with Terry O'Keefe because Ombix sent out a warning to all people who are buying vehicles that these cars are coming. Exactly. You may think that there's there's people out there to help you. Well, guess what? There's people who know how to get around those uh, yeah. rules and regulations. And we're going to talk to Freddie about that, and we'll have a conversation about flood cars and whatever else you want to talk about. So it's Dave's Corner Garage. Take us out, Al. And here come the cars. Here come the calls. They're flooding in as we west. Okay. This is Dave's Corner <laughs> Garage. We'll be back with more information and lots of fun right after this break. Hello, welcome back. It's Dave's Corner Garage. OMVIC is the Ontario Vehicle Sales Regulator here in Ontario. And uh, they put out a bulletin on their consumer line, which is warning everybody about flood-damaged vehicles. And we have Terry O'Keefe on the phone. Morning, Terry. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? You know what? Thank you. Any day you wake up is a great day. That's a bonus, that's for sure. <laughs> that's how I look at it. So it says steer clear of flood-damaged vehicles. So how do I recognize a flood-damaged vehicle? 
Uh, well, you're going to have to develop a lot of expertise, actually, yeah. um, and it might not be so easy for us. So I think one of the things consumers really have to do is figure out who they want to buy from and determine where those cars came from. Uh, I mean, we've been talking to the U.S. authorities, and in Texas alone, there's a million vehicles that are facing insurance claims, wow. uh, half of those for flooding. And here in Canada, we have a branding system in, in each province that is relatively the same, and each province ta- talks to each other. Down in the U.S., there are states that have no branding system. So many of those cars are going to be written off by the insurance companies, and they'll get branded in Texas as a flood car. But you could transfer the ownership of that vehicle to a state with no branding, and now it has a clean title. So it's really, really important consumers understand that they're going to have to pay close attention to the history of these cars and where they came from. Now, there's there's no way of finding out, or do we have information like, say, CarProof or Carfax? Would that show up? That That's a great question. If there was an insurance claim, yes, that information hopefully is going to show up on something like a CarProof or Carfax report. But here's the thing. The U.S. authorities are also telling us that of those half million cars, at least 15 percent of them have no insurance for this type of claim. So that there will be no record on a car proof or car history uh, report of that flood. And we know that some of those cars are going to get dried out, cleaned up, sold off by unscrupulous sellers. And so consumers are really, really going to have to pay attention. One of the things that you can do to protect yourself is actually buying from a registered dealer. And I'm not saying that to try and, you know, pitch buying from registered dealers, but it's because here in Ontario, dealers must disclose, it's a mandatory disclosure, if the vehicle has ever been registered in another jurisdiction, and if so, where. They also have to disclose that the vehicle has been branded if it's suffered more than a $3,000 repair. Mm -hmm. They have to disclose if it's been in a flood that resulted in water to the interior floorboards. And you only get that kind of mandatory disclosure buying from a dealer. If you choose to buy a car privately, and of course our concern is curbsiders are going to pick up these cars in the U.S., bring them here, you're not going to be protected if you buy privately or from a curbsider. Well, sure. I mean, let's say I was down there and I didn't have that coverage. And I've got a problem with my car. I know it's going to have a problem down the road. I'm going to sell it. Why, why would I want to hold on to it? And that's an excellent point, Alan, because that's the problem with water. Here in Canada, if a vehicle is in a flood, it's, you know, it's, it's branded irreparable, which means it can never go on the road again. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., that's not the law. Okay. But you're right. Water damage is, is insidious. It gets in and it causes corrosion. And that, that, the, the damage that corrosion is going to cause may not show up for months or years. But you don't want to find out about it when your airbags don't deploy in an accident yeah. or when you're driving on the 401 between two tractor trailers and your electronic steering goes out. Exactly. And and that's why in Canada we wouldn't allow that car back on the road, but in the US the laws are different and so and we know the Americans have told us these cars many of them are going to get exported. I got a quick question though, isn't the insurance company culpable here in a way because if the cars are right off they own the car and now it ends up back on the market? Well, it's their uh, their responsibility, David, uh, once that vehicle is written off to in fact uh classified as a branded vehicle and they do that and they have a certain period of time to do it. I think they uh they probably have 6 days of branding that vehicle after acquiring the uh right, but the as, ownership. But as Terry said, if if you're in a state where there's no branding, then it's not it's a US it's vehicle, be. right? Yeah. Right. But when it crosses the border, I remember, yeah, now it's got a clean title, so it doesn't. <laughs> You're not allowed to import a flood car, are you? 
if it's a known flood car, you could import it for parts. It would, but they would the the if you tried to bring it to Ontario, it would be branded irreparable, which means you could never put it on the road. So in reality, if if it was a flood car and it did go through insurance, they should actually pull the VIN, right? I mean, we, if insurance is writing this thing off and it's paid out the money, now it's trying to recapture some of its losses, I, which I understand is a business decision. But from a safety's perspective, they should actually get a, a hammer and a rivet and take that thing out. Well, and as I said, in Canada, if it's a flood car, that is basically what happens by branding it irreparable. It can only be used for parts. But the United States does not have that same law. Well, I guess the bottom line is this. You know, you go to see an expert. You go to an expert who's a, you know, a dealer who sells cars. You make sure that you take your vehicle to an expert who knows what, you know, that fixes cars, knows what to look for. What are the kind of things that we would normally look for to tell if it's flooded or not? Fish. Right? If it had fish in it. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a number of things. I mean, these cars are going to get cleaned up, so you want to look in the spots where they're not, uh, where they, it's hard to clean. Mm-hmm. You know, up underneath the dashboard. Right. Uh, go into the trunk, take the spare tire out, take the carpet out, and see if there's mud and dirt underneath yeah. those things. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, you know, the speakers in the doors, mm-hmm. many, many automotive speakers are made of paper. If, so if the sound system sounds blown, again, there's many telltale signs. But, Alan, again, you raise another really good point. If you're buying a car that has come up from the U.S., do the history report and take it to a mechanic and let someone with some real expertise go over that vehicle. Yeah, I call it spending quality time with your car. Exactly. Be the best <laughs> the best $100 you ever spend. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think for flood cars, there should be a surcharge. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, thank you so much. My pleasure, guys. All right. Omvic.ca, uh, is that the site? Yeah, omvic.ca, and there's some great resources on there about the flood cars and some other telltale signs how to spot them. And I would encourage anybody who's thinking about buying a car, particularly privately, get on the site and look for that information. Yeah, and even if you uh, register, they'll send you the information on the emails. Oh, yeah. you can The consumer line you referenced where this story had come out, you can sign up for the consumer line. It's a, it, and we also have a weekly blog. Uh, there's some great resources on, on ombit.ca. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We got to get on if you hear the music now, but we do have to take a break. And we're going to get to some calls right after the break. This is, what did I say that 14 yeah. times? This is Dave's Corner it's Garage. It's deja vu all over again. <laughs> we'll be right back. All righty. Garage doors wide open. Uh, by the way, if you get, we're do, doing our website. We have a new contest starting on Monday. Uh, if you click on Lant Insurance, you can see what's going on in the province as far as car shows are concerned. There's still a lot of fall fairs going on. There's Thanks. a lot of stuff going on as far as cruising. Exactly. And in the studio today, we have Freddie DeFrancesco. Freddie's been in the insurance business forever. Uh, Freddie, i got a question. Let's say, you know, we are talking to Terry just before the break about, you know, cars that come over the border, flood cars. Let's say by accident you bought one of these cars, all right? And then six months later, just as we were talking, that water permeates and does some big damage. Let's say the airbags go off or something like that. Would you be covered for something like that? Absolutely not. First of all, uh, no. Wait, 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 no. <laughs> Don't you well, read? I'm in the insurance industry. No. <laughs> no. Subsection Come three. On, be nice. <laughs> that's, that's the fornication clause. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Normally, uh, water damage would be covered uh, under your comprehensive uh, section of your of your policy, uh, which looks after claims like theft, floods, and so on and so forth. But in this particular case, Alan, you don't have an accident. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, remember, it's accidental damages that a, that, a, that a policy will pay. In this particular case, you don't have accidental damage. It could be wear and tear. It could be de uh, deterioration of something. But I didn't know. And, and, then, like and it just blew up. And now they want like $5,000 uh, for well, airbags. you know, once again, uh, there is an exclusion under the policy for, uh, for uh, you know, if, if your engine blows up. Can you get it stolen? That's <laughs> the tough noogies. <laughs> tough noogies. You don't get paid. I'm All sorry. Right. Yeah. Let's, uh, but yeah, but your Stan. answer is no first. <laughs> for Especially, it's fornication, you know. It's B-17 fornication. <laughs> All right, Stan in St. Catherine's got a question about safeties, I guess. Stan? Yes. Uh, hey, good, good morning. morning. Good morning. First of all, thank you for having this show. Oh, thank you. That's really appreciated. you got to thank my wife. She won't let me stay home on Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> they should be playing golf. Eh? Get out of bed, go to work, you <laughs> yes. son of a gun. <laughs> well, I have Stan. a question. Uh, I'm thinking of selling my car. Mm -hmm. It's uh, an 04 Accord. And I just want to know uh, just what expenses I have before I can do that. Now, uh, just to break this down, I think I've got a, uh, a wheel-bearing problem, I think. Mm -hmm. Is that included in the safety? Because mm. I want to break up the expense. Eh? I don't want the whole expense at one crack. Well, certainly if the mechanic drives it and, and, and he road test is part of the safety requirements, if he hears the noise and knows it's a wheel-bearing, Obviously, yeah, that would have to be replaced before you could get a safety certificate, along with anything else that they may come up with. Um, so, what yeah. What else is involved with the safety? Well, you have to pull all the wheels off. You check the brakes. You check the brake lines. You check all the electrical. You check the glass. You check the tires. And actually, the, the government has tightened all these regulations up. And now we actually, as a, as a licensed tech, you actually have to record all these numbers. So you have to measure each brake pad or brake shoe, mark down how many... How, what the thickness is in millimeters, you have to measure each tire on the car to make sure it passes. So the, the cost of the, just, just the cost of the inspection, in most cases, is between $100 and $150 now. And I see, yeah. And again, that's provided they don't find anything wrong with it, okay? Yeah. Now, so, you know, with what, what, what you can have them do, though, is say, look, go over my car and please come up with a list, but make sure to call me. Um, because if it's going to be cost, if it's going to cost too much to, to to pass the certificate, and you're not going to be able to recoup your expense, then it doesn't pay. You might as well just. Stan, what are you asking for this car? I'm asking five thousand. Uh, you're high. <laughs> I don't know. How many cases? Well, no, Stan, Stan. You know, the five would be fine, provided it was clean and certified and yeah. ready to go. Okay, yeah. where someone could buy it, just put it on the road. But 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 certainly, if if you're trying to sell this as is. You're probably only going to be offered a thousand bucks on a trade. No, uh, well, no, on a trade you probably get twenty five hundred. Okay, but as um, the question I have is how many miles are on it because that's really important. Well, it's two hundred eighteen thousand. Okay, you, you know the reality is you're looking at a car that's probably worth twenty five to three thousand dollars on a trade. Uh, no, on a, on a retail retail no. price. Yeah, because well, so the best is to sell it. What you said. Yeah. The wheel bearing would be part of the safety. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So the reality is here. I would sell it as is and just walk away from it. Okay. Well, that, thank you that's for that. The, that's the All right, Stan. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. You know, they really did tighten the, the laws up, and it take, took a lot of that junk off the road, um, which is bad because we're in the repair business. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but you want to find out. If, if you're the purchaser of a car, you want to know that it's safe. You don't want to be driving a piece of junk. Yep, that's absolutely true. When we come back, we're going to be asking Freddie some serious questions, and uh, we have one line open, so we'll do the phone calls at the same time. All righty, it's Dave's Corner Garage, and we'll be right back after... We pay some bills. Okay, we're back on the air, and we have uh, just a... 
Well, let's talk about the caravan problem. Want to talk to Craig? Craig's yeah. in Orangeville having an issue with his radio, I guess. Craig, what can we do for you? Hi, I've got a 2007 Dodge Caravan. Uh-huh. Um, I love it a lot. Great. I've got uh, 300,000 kilometers on it, and it purrs like a kitten, shifts really nice. Uh, the other day, the uh, with the radio on, it went off mm-hmm. for like 50 seconds, came on, went off. First time it's ever done that. that is it linked to the, uh, the computer? No, well, not directly. I mean, uh, obvious. No, I wouldn't think it has nothing to do with the, um, you know, the power contain module, but maybe the yeah. body control module. It could now, be. when you said it went off, did the did the sound stop coming out, or did the whole face go blank? The whole thing went blank. Um, even the clock didn't even show up when you know when you have it turned off. Mm-hmm. So absolute no power at all going anywhere to the radio. And the next day, it started working again. Well, like within uh, like twenty. 50 seconds. Maybe you didn't like the song you had on. Did you try banging yeah. on the dash? Yeah. No, I, I went through all the modes, you know, AM, FM, uh, CD, uh, Sirius. Yeah, just... Uh, no, but like, did you try maybe just on the dash? You give it a whack? Yeah. Uh, the radio, I gave it a little bump on the front. And nothing, it didn't shut off? No, right no, okay. nothing. But, well, you know, you're going to have, someone's going to have to check it, obviously. You're going to have to check the, you know, the for power. You're going to have to check for ground, that you have a good ground there. Um, now what I happened to do this week, as a matter of fact, and it was for Sienna, but I was able to find a factory radio at the car wrecker. Okay. For very little money. Um, and it fit and it worked exactly perfectly. Um, so that's, it's an option for you because the fellow actually that came in said, you know, I've been pricing aftermarket radios, but number one, about five, $600. Number two, it's not going to look like the factory one, of course. Um, right. And in, in some vehicles, as you say, they are connected to the computers, and uh, you know some of the functions go through that same display. Yes. So um, I would call a wrecker, you know, and see if you could find a used one. But it's yeah. working now. Right now, it's working. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the radio has a little fan on the side of it to keep it cool. I guess that's for the amplifier or something like that. Yes. But uh, I was thinking maybe it just went into a, a safe mode. I didn't have it cranked up or anything like that. But, mm-hmm. No. Um, the anyways, other, the other um, thing yeah, is, I'll your, do that. Your advantage yeah. is this is an older vehicle. There's a millions of them around. All right. Yes. So as far as audio and stuff like that is concerned, that's interchangeable. But if you ever want to change the dashboard or something like that, like a, a cluster, you cannot do that. They're specific to the car and they have to be programmed. Yeah, and sometimes it's not that difficult to do either if you've got some hand tools. Yeah. Um, you know, as a matter yeah. of fact, how we found it was we went on YouTube, and uh, it showed us how to change it in no go. time yeah, at all. it comes out really easy. I've had it out. Um, okay, correct. Did, did Chrysler stop making the, uh, the full-size minivans? Nope. Uh, oh, okay. Still another okay. year, and the Pacifica is being sold beside it as an upgraded version. Good. All righty. Good. Okay, thank you. Thanks for the call. It's great stuff. Here's something interesting in the paper this morning. Distracted walking legislation is criticized. Like zombies. <laughs> They're like zombies. I can't believe it. You know, there's actually an app on your phone to tell you you're coming to the sidewalk, to the road. Really? Yeah. How does it know that? It turns red. Okay. <laughs> but in reality, they're fighting this because people have a right to get hit by cars. <laughs> and if they run into a car, David, while yeah. they're distracted, to keep in mind, and if they're injured running into the car, the onus of proof falls on the driver to prove his innocence. Tell them about the story about the parked car. That's a fascinating. Well, but, but, but you got to hear this. We, we had a situation where somebody walked into a parked car, they injured themselves, and uh, we ended up with an accident benefit claim. And uh, they became insured to the policy of the owner of that particular vehicle uh, because that uh, distracted driver did not have a vehicle policy of their own. 
You're kidding. So he was walked into the guy's car, and the guy's car that was parked paid for this damage. That's good. Well, paid for the injuries, the immediate medical expenses uh, uh, that were incurred at the so time. So how does that affect the guy who's, who was paying? Like, uh, what, what Accident happened? at fault. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sure the insurance company worked their way around that one there and gave him a break. You know, I, you know the way you have that stuff where you like the one accident for free? Sometimes I feel like I want to clobber somebody and say, "Well, that's my free." Well, one. no, no, don't do that because you know they're going to say to, they're going to say to you, "Well, listen, your first accident is free, yeah. but we've had a general rate increase this year, and you're oh, still yeah. going to get hit with that." <laughs> All right, we're going to go back to our callers. We're going to go to Oakville, and uh, Ken wants to know how to store his car. What kind of car you got, Ken? I've got a, uh, a 2006 Mercedes 280. Oh yeah, and is wow, it, that's a low nice mileage? car. What's the mileage on the car? Uh, Ninety-nine thousand. Oh, great. And uh, you'd take it out in the summertime? How often do you drive it? <laughs> I had it out since the end of March, and I put 2,800 kilometers on it. All right, so you want to park it now for the season? No, I'm going to park it at the end of November, probably. All right, and you got a question for us? Yeah, how do I go about preparing it to make sure that everything is going to be good for next March? Okay, uh, one of the things is you buy a product called Stable. Okay. All right. It, it actually, you pour it in the gas with your last full tank before you put it away. All right. And that prevents the gasoline from getting skunky and, okay. and prevents it from uh, plugging up the um, injectors and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Battery. You want to take the battery out if you can. Uh, make sure you use gloves or, or at, at least disconnect it because a discharged battery, if you leave it in the car, it will freeze and then you'll have to get a new one next year. Yeah. What about putting a trickle charger on it? Yeah, that's fine. That's a great idea. Absolutely. Um, no more than two amps. No, they have one that's actually called a battery minder. You may want to look for that one. And okay. what it does is it'll, it'll electronically, it, it looks at the condition of your battery and will only turn itself on when need be, so you're not going to waste any electricity. Are you parking inside or outside? Inside. Okay. Uh, WD-40, spray everything you can see that's shiny. Okay. All right. And then I w- inside, when you close the car up, leave the windows down about a quarter of an inch so it airs out. Mm-hmm. All right. That's the last thing you can do. And that's about it. Just make sure the tires are up. You're not going to be down for that long. You're less than six months. So when spring comes, you just put plug in the battery, start her up, take it to car wash. Now, should I super inflate the tires? It can't hurt. Otherwise, you know, a lot of people worry about flat spotting. Yeah. Um, what you can do is, is, you know, as Dave said, put this fuel stabilizer in, go to the gas station, fill a tank to the top, and then drive over and pay a buck, which is a sin, for air, and, um, <laughs> and then fill the tires up to about 45, 50 pounds, and then just, you know, take the car home and park it, and then you're good to go. Yeah. Now, somebody says that I should plug up the exhaust pipes, keep vermin out. Nah, I've heard of that, and and that they nest in there, but when you fire up the engine, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can just get a mousetrap and hang it down by now, the back. What about insurance, know? Fred? What when you have a car that's parked for? Speaking of where's, coverage, where's the vehicle going to be parked? It's going to be parked in a garage. Okay, are there any chances of another vehicle running into it, or some somebody coming up? Uh, uh, on your driveway, you're running into it. And the reason I say that is this, is that if you're going to be securing it in your garage, then you could remove the liability coverage from the policy completely. But if there's a chance that somebody may run into it, then what you want to do is suspend the coverage with a special endorsement. So you could do it two ways. If you are if, uh, if if you want to take the responsibility if somebody runs into it, you can remove the liability completely and get a good credit back uh, for not driving the car. Yet on the other hand, 
and if you were in an apartment and you and you had it parked in a uh, uh, in the parking lot of an apartment building and there's always a, a you know that that fear that somebody may run into it then what you want to do is suspend the coverage which is totally different uh-huh. Can he just keep fire and theft on it? If you keep fire and theft on it, Dave, and somebody runs into that vehicle and you do not have insurance on it at the time, you're not going to get paid from the guilty party. So it's the F clause again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you're covered if a fireman is the guy that steals it, I think. That's how the fire and theft happens. But, no, that's true. Freddie had told us earlier that if you stop the insurance, you'd think that the other guy who is insured is responsible. But Freddie said no. No, absolutely not. In the province of Ontario, if the two of you are not insured, the other one has no obligation to pay for your vehicle damages. That's because our policy in Ontario is to drag everybody down to the lowest common Actually, it's one of the most <laughs> generous policies in North America, Dave. <laughs> sure, you're right. It is. <laughs> but insurance No. <laughs> he smiled when he said that. Did you see? <laughs> All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. we got a couple lines open. you got a car care question or insurance, for that matters. Give us a call. Okay, we're ready to go. Alan? We are back, Dave. This is Dave's Corner Garage. I was on a call in between the shows. Dave was multitasking. You know, yes, some of us, I don't do This that is well. where it shows you. If you're crossing the street, you got to pay attention. Or if you're hosting a radio show. I don't pay attention. You can't be doing something different. Okay. Uh, we want to talk about a little bit about automated driving. Automated what, driving. What are you talking about? Autonomous vehicles. Autonomous, yes. Right. So I did some research on this. And uh, they're bringing autonomous vehicles into the uh, public domain, I guess that's the right way to say it, in five segments, Mm -hmm. okay? First segment is assisted driving, then is partial automation, which means that the driver has to have his hands on the steering wheel, Uh, then there's conditional automation, then there's high automation, and then finally full automation, where there is no steering wheel, brake pedal, or anything else. Mm -hmm. So, question, I got an automated car, and I whacked that guy who was walking in the cell phone. What happens? <laughs> well, first of all, your claim is a little bit complicated here, Dave, yeah. and the F factor does not come into play in this particular case. But what <laughs> happens here, first of all, if you hit a pedestrian, you're, autom- you're automatically at fault in this province, in this country. The onus of proof is on you to prove your innocence. It's in reverse. Uh, if it's an autonomous vehicle, and the question is, well, how did it hit that pedestrian? Was there a failure? in the product or at the time did you have to have your hands on that steering wheel there is no steering wheel well then then, <laughs> then this be, is only four or five years well away. then once again this would be an insurance policy that would have to be modified when we have autonomous vehicles that are basically self-sufficient and that is you may have a products liability claim uh-huh. as opposed to a claim due to the operation of an automobile well nissan announced that they're bringing out stage three and Cadillac is already at stage three. Mm-hmm. So if you're on the highway, the thing will like, like be on cruise control, but it will actually stay within the white lines. Well, right? once again, uh, you're going to have to determine what happened in this particular accident. There will be due diligence on the claim. And uh, if it was a failure of the vehicle or of the system, then it goes. It may go back to the manufacturer, of course, be, because of a product's liability claim. So what happens to the, the owner? Do I, If I have an autonomous vehicle, I still need insurance? Oh, I think you will, Dave. I think vicariously, as an owner of an automobile, you're still going to be responsible uh, for uh, for having this particular vehicle and maintaining it and so on and so forth. Okay. You will get dragged into the lawsuit. So let me turn this a little bit around here. I'm in an Uber. I'm basically sharing driving the vehicle, right? It's a shared ride. Mm-hmm. 
he gets in an accident, I get hurt, what happens? Well, uh, you're merely a passenger. You're saying in this Uber I'm automobile. A paying passenger. Well, okay. There's various types of claims now that you're going to be involved in. First of all, your immediate medical expenses, your injuries, and what have you. You'll have to make claim to your own insurance company if you do have a policy. And if you do not have an automobile or an automobile policy somewhere, you can make claim under the policy of the Uber uh, owner. Uh, on the other hand, if you're injured and you have to sue somebody, then, of course, you can uh, sue that Uber driver simply because you're a passenger in there and uh, all you really have to show is negligence against that uh, that operator. So you've got two claims. You've got a liability claim, a lawsuit against the owner and driver of that automobile, and you've got a claim for your immediate medical expenses. Okay. These are the questions that nobody ever asks. Those electric bicycles, they scoot along the side of the road. Half <laughs> yeah. of those guys are DWI because they can't get a license. So now this guy has hit the side of my car while reading his cell phone. <laughs> what happens then? SOL. SOL. Well, uh, they, they... He owns uh, a house. <laughs> Small claims court, Dave. That's about that's it. A, yeah. That's about as far as it's going to go. Or, of course, if you have collision coverage on your vehicle, you put a claim through your collision section of your policy, but then you may have a deductible there of 500 to to $1,000, which you are responsible for. And in this particular case, uh, uh, you know, you can go after the individual that hit you. He has no plate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, our, uh, the bottom line is don't hit anybody, right? No. <laughs> exactly right. Okay, when we come back, we're going to have some more intercourse with the public. I, I want to <laughs> explain something because earlier we were talking about all perils. Well, apparently, all perils doesn't include everything. We're going to find out what that's all about right after this break. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We're back, and the garage door is half open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we have a caller. That's her name. How do you pronounce her name? Sarita. Sarita. Sarita is calling in from Cambridge, and her car won't start. Sarita, yeah. what can we do for you? Actually, my name is Frida. Oh, oh Frida. <laughs> oh, you have a sister named Sarita. Oh, do you? <laughs> you don't hear that too often. <laughs> uh, just... All right, your car. Does it go rrr, 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 or it doesn't do anything? Okay. My vehicle is uh, 2008 uh, Ford Escape. Yes. Um, it's been acting up for a few, six months. And when I say that, um, I start my vehicle. Mm -hmm. Every light on the panel will come on. Yep. But my vehicle will not go anywhere. I will leave it for maybe a half hour, an hour, start it again, then I'll go. Oh. It'll keep me on the road. It won't tell me what my speed is. And then when I stop, it'll take a little while before I can get my vehicle going again. Now, when you turn the key, does it go rrr, 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 or doesn't do anything? No, nothing. Okay, Just those... The lights come on and nothing will happen. The vehicle really won't start. Well, geez, that's like my house. The lights go off and nothing happens. <laughs> Unfortunately, the problem with your car is most likely in the dashboard itself, Sarita. Yeah. I had it two different mechanics. Right. One couldn't find out what the problem was because it didn't show mm -hmm. what it was doing when I took it in there. Then I took it to another young man. He's a mechanic. So they told me to go to um, my Ford dealer, yes. which is Richard Ford here in Cambridge. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I had an appointment, and when I went up, um, 
I was fetting, and next thing he came out, all needed, he said, was a battery to recharge. I said, my battery is new. Mm-hmm. So in my vehicle, ran for about a week with no lights coming on, and now it started again. Mm. And funny enough, it only starts, it happens when it rains. You know what? Like it's raining today. If I go out and start my vehicle, nothing will happen. Okay. Mm. And after, I don't know, probably a half hour, an hour, and then it will go. Do you ever come to the city, like to Toronto? Pardon me? Do you ever come down to Toronto? Uh, no. Okay. She would, but her car won't start. <laughs> <laughs> it will start after a long period a, of time. Yes. Long as it's a I have nice never day. had the vehicle uh, broke down on the road. No, no. Because once it starts, oh, it doesn't so need the battery. Crazy. It runs on its own. It, it just basically needs the battery to start. So what I'm suggesting is you have to find somebody that is an electronic specialist. So I don't know if, if you can find that in Cambridge. I know there's a couple of guys here in Toronto, like Ellie, mm-hmm. that, that could find something like that. I'm having a little trouble hearing you now. Okay. Um, what I'm trying to say is you need to find a specialist for electronics in that vehicle. And being yeah. in Cambridge just... You're going to have to ask around. And I'm surprised that Ford couldn't find anything. See, part of the problem is, is for your mechanic to find the problem, he has to experience the problem. It has to be broken yes. when it's there, unfortunately. Otherwise, he gets into a position where he's going to start throwing expensive parts at it, just to guess, and mm-hmm. you don't want to be the one paying for that. It can cost no, way too much money. Not definitely not. Okay. Well, this is what I'm afraid of. If I take it back to the company, the original Ford, um, they have to go through a lot of issues of trying to find out really what is wrong. Yes, exactly. Or have somebody swap cars with you and let them experience the issue. Yeah, I do have another young mechanic that he said, actually, he's a friend. Mm-hmm. And he said he was going to take it in this week and really go over everything. Well, why don't you do that? And um, uh, you know what? Give us a shout back. Let us know if you make out. We're going to run because there's another line coming in. Good luck, Frida. Good luck, love. Have a nice weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. All righty. There's a chap on the phone that says, Dave's lack of knowledge and insurance for Uber drivers. Okay, so I don't know much of Uber drivers. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, sir. Tell me where I'm right. Uh, you're not. <laughs> okay. Uh, what you have to remember first is that insurance comes under the Ontario Minister of Finance, and there is no rules in place for groups or fleets. So uh, there's no governing laws. The way Uber works is that uh, the first time they've stuck their nose into doing anything for fleets or that, which is questionable in itself. But if you're a passenger, a paying passenger in an Uber car, and remember, I'm talking about UberX, the private cars. There are Uber Uber taxis, which are covered by city bylaws, of course. But the UberX, the private cars, if you're involved in an accident and you're injured, you may claim on Uber technology itself. It holds the policy to cover passengers. Uh-huh. Any damage to the driver or the vehicle is covered by the owner of the vehicle who must get his own separate insurance for to cover himself and his vehicle. So basically, so you make, you're paying you passenger, making, you're covered. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're definitely uh, going to be covered if, in fact, he's filed with Uber itself, because the way the city of Toronto is working is that when they file their affidavit of insurance, uh, the Uber driver, it's not with the city. 
It's with Uber itself. They so you're saying that Uber, the company, won't let you pick up people or won't put you on their list if, they, if you haven't proven that you have insurance. Is that right? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, are they putting them on? Without I don't know. Them? Freddie's shaking his head. Jerry, what do you got? Jerry, you may be getting confused with the licensing of Uber and the insurance policy itself. First of all, if somebody uh, is to get injured in any vehicle, the priority of payments under regulations in the province of Ontario under our policy falls that this individual must go to their own insurance company first. So if you happen to be a passenger in an Uber automobile and you're injured, you have to go to your own insurance company first. If you don't have a policy of your own, then you go to the policy of your spouse if you don't if your spouse has no Whoa. policy you then can go to the policy of the operator of that particular vehicle or the vehicle you're sitting in they're the priority rules they're not going to change regardless of licensing of uber and what have you uber does have a policy in place it's a blanket policy right now i think i believe it's being underwritten by intact insurance and this particular policy uh, basically assumes the responsibility the liability responsibility uh, once an individual individual clocks in that he's uh, going out to pick up uh, an operator. Uber's responsibility here is uh, a non-owned responsibility. We're talking about Uber Corporation now, Correct. not, uh, not the owner of that vehicle. Uber Cor Corporation will have a non-owned form of automobile insurance in the event they're dragged in vicariously. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, what, that's how it's set up. If you're a passenger, you're not going to make claim on the, uh, on the guy's insurance. You're going to make claim on, on Uber Corporation. No. That's the way that that's the way that the province set it up. No, no, that's not the case at all. You're going to make claim the prior the province has not changed the automobile insurance policy. Gentlemen, we've got to take a quick break. If you want to hold on for a minute, we can continue this at the far side of our commercial break. Put up your dukes. We'll be right back. <laughs> all right, this is Days Corner Garage, and we were talking to Jerry before about Uber and um Freddie wants to fill us in. Freddie, what's the true facts here? Well, the true facts is this. If you own an automobile, mm -hmm. you cannot use that automobile for the purpose of compensation, driving passengers around and being compensated for it. So you say, well, how does a cab insure themselves? There's no problem. It's the same policy, but that policy is endorsed so that you're able to carry passengers for compensation. Mm -hmm. Same as a school bus, uh, same as a, a, a public bus and what have you. So now we have this issue with Uber. And, of course, when people were using their cars for the purpose of compensation, they were members of Uber. The question here is, well, are you using your car for compensation? And Uber argues, well, no, it's uh, uh, we're sharing here. Right sharing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, well, but you're getting paid. You're getting uh, well, paid we, for we, driving. Right. You're picking up a passenger. Well, I, I believe what you're saying now. Right. Absolutely. The, the policy in place before worked, uh, worked properly. But you know, what has happened here is we have created basically a system uh, underwritten by, uh, I, I believe, I believe Intact Insurance is doing it right now, where they've created a policy saying, well, okay, you can operate your car for the purpose of Uber, and uh, we, will, uh, we will not apply any special endorsement to this policy, but yes, you can use it for the purpose of Uber ride-sharing, and the minute you are on your way to pick up a passenger, you clock that in, and the Intact policy or the blanket policy yeah, takes over. Right. That, that that policy takes over, and the minute you drop that individual off, then you go revert back to your individual policy. Okay, thank you. Uh, Jerry, so, that makes sense so to you're me. Looking, yeah, you're looking after that exclusion in the contract that reads you can't carry people for compensation. We good, Jerry? 
All right. So he's he's closer to being correct in that uh, explanation. I don't want to get into a war of words. No, I don't no. think he's totally correct. And uh, the fiscal uh, who I've had several conversations with certainly would have a different view. But basically, he's a correct. It's just that the uh, uh, the uh, owner of the vehicle is responsible for his own stuff, and and Uber, the company, would be responsible for the passenger if there's any injury. I appreciate the call. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Interesting stuff. It's amazing what we can get involved with. No wonder the courts are full. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Earlier we were talking about all perils, and you said you need specific coverage. What's that all about? Well, all perils, first of all, is a section of your policy, Alan, that, that, that covers the uh, the vehicle itself. Right. The li- I, I call it life insurance on the car itself. Mm-hmm. And the term all perils means exactly that. You're covered for everything. Well, you're saying, well, what if I gamble my car away? Well, uh, the reality is it is an all peril, and yes, you would be covered. However, in the insurance contract, we do have exclusions. So, for example, my car... The you know, F clause. My, my, my car runs out of oil and the motor blows up, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at a $5,000 repair bill. Mm-hmm. Would my insurance cover that? Well, you see, because it's all perils, you would say, yeah, it should. But at the same time, remember I said there are exclusions there. Right. And wear and tear on that vehicle, explosion within the combustion chamber, of course, is excluded. Freezing uh, uh, within the combustion chamber, of course, your engine block, that's excluded as well. So you have to have certain exclusions in there when mm. you tell somebody, well, you're covered for everything. If you gamble your car away, you're not yeah. going to be uh, Okay, yeah. last question, then we got to go. Your license is suspended because you were in Las Vegas while you didn't pay the fine, <laughs> and uh, you had an incident. What happens? Well, that's a good question, David. Uh, at one time, it says if you are not authorized by law to operate, you can, in fact, uh, uh, be held uh, responsible for your own claim. Uh, and I believe that's what the contract reads now. You are not authorized by law to operate uh, or you're not capable of operating an automobile. Right. It, it, you could always argue that, yeah, my license was suspended, but I was still capable of operating an automobile. So the third party gets covered, though? The third party always gets covered. We have something called absolute liability in the province of Ontario. That third party is always protected, even if they're hit uh, by an individual who is underinsured or who was yeah. uh, who breached their policy conditions, whatever the case. By the might way, be. if you have a, have a DWI and you can't get insurance, just walk into any rental car place. Because <laughs> 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 insurance comes with the car. Uh, <laughs> that tip was brought to you by Freddie DeFrancis. No, <laughs> <laughs> why not? <laughs> I think it's a great way around. Yeah. Anyways, I want to thank you for joining us. Freddie's been in insurance industry for forty years. He's a great guest. Uh, he actually was my insurance agent for as long as I can remember. I never had anybody else. <laughs> just as you were floating down the Mississippi, yeah, I was no, there just for as you. We were, <laughs> as we were actually both starting businesses at the same time. That's right. We were That's right. Yeah. Alan, thank you. Very kind. Uh, make sure to get your car in. It's uh, winter time's on its way. Yeah, snow tires, snow tires, snow tires. Winter tires. Oh, sorry, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're business business for Winter so many years, tires. things do change, Dave. <laughs> Sebastian, as usual, he's great behind the board. Not everybody uh, should know that this poor show does not work without a proper operator, and uh, one day we'll get one. Anyways, have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy. Um, oh, Halloween's coming up. Well, the rest of your weekend, of yeah, course. Yeah, but then it's Halloween. It is, too. I get to share candy with my grandkids. I get to carve a <laughs> pumpkin tonight. I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> what a mess. Anyways, Drive safe, everyone. Yep. Watch out for the little guys come uh, Halloween. Keep the shiny side up and the greasy side down. We'll see you on the flip-flop. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Who cares about the greasy side?
This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 